you didn't plan on listening to me sing well here here we are and delhi by the way how long is it delhi since you vaped uh, like a month now one month no vaping he got a present today he got some good lunch some yummy stuff i told him he was going to get a small present the first time because i have to incentivize the next jump vaping is terrible for you you're free to live the life you want but it's not good for your lungs it's not good for your body so i had to create a little incentive for the health and wellness division of JB Live. So, well done. Well done, Deli. Well done. Wait till he Thank finds you. out what's next. He's not going to be happy. Anyway, welcome, everyone. I hope you had a fantastic weekend. Is Tucker Carlson about to torch Fox News? Oh, he's going to blow it up. We're going to get into that. What's he going to do? What does that even mean? People are like, what is he going to do? Well, let's just say if it was Tucker versus Fox, I think we can all acknowledge that Tucker would, would remain emerge victorious we're going to talk about what that looks like um also we have a freeze your eggs culture which we discuss a lot the guardian had an interesting take of course their take is that it's men's fault it's men's fault that this is happening so we're going to dig into the why and get into the truth of that uh we're also going to talk about a feminist who says that calling women female is degrading and misogynistic so you can't use the word female apparently that's only allowed to relate to animals so she claims so we're going to break down her little oh look i'll show you in advance some charts some graphs oh yeah it's coming jelly's like why did i come to work today i should have stayed home and kept eating my chipotle anyway uh we also by the way you all asked me to go look at whatever podcast there was that very large woman it's actually a trans woman which we find out midway through the show i did look at some clips of that we have some of that and some of my take on that for you that was quite an outfit by the way the uh, what was going on there i don't know some type of bikini or well you'll see it for yourself if you haven't seen it yet and if you have seen it you're like oh yeah it's coming that's right and we're going to talk a little bit about uh a little bit about politics and, and values it, it seems to me that american culture is sinking in a big way, people are starting to value less and less what would actually make them really happy, and which one day, a uh, long time ago, did make them happy. Maybe not that long ago. When you look at the chart, we got some graphs for you on that, too. And we've got some polling. How's Joe Biden doing? How's DeSantis doing? How's Trump doing? What does it look like for the next election? Who has a shot to win? Well, I'm not a huge fan of polling, but I do think there are some good indicators that you have to you have to know how to dig through this stuff. So that's what I'm here for. So welcome. We're going to get started with, is Tucker Carlson ready to torch? <laughs> I love that, to torch Fox News. So I see this um, column that came out from Axios, Mike Allen. And did Mike Allen used to be a politico? Is that right? Do I have that right audience? My politicos that are in here? Maybe you'll know. And I see this article and I'm like, oh, this interests me, right? Because I love a good torching of corporate media, as you well know. It says, Tucker Carlson is preparing to unleash allies to attack Fox News <laughs> in an effort to bully the network into letting him work for or start a right-wing rival. Sources close to him tell Axios, Brian Friedman, the high-powered Hollywood lawyer Carlson retained for the contract dispute, good, good hire there, told Axios, the idea that anyone is going to silence Tucker and prevent him from speaking to his audience is beyond preposterous. Why it matters, Tucker versus Fox could reshape the conservative news world. Fox, which has seen its ratings plunge, and Carlson Slot, since he was let go 13 days ago, wants to sideline him by paying him $20 million a year not to work. Sit down. Shut up. Don't have any impact. You know. You know the drill. Here's the intrigue. Axios has learned Carlson is busy plotting a media empire of his own. Not shocking. But he needs Fox to let him out of his contract, which expires in January 2025 after the presidential election. How convenient. How convenient that the guy who's willing to call out corporate media, who's willing to call out the military industrial complex, who's willing to call out the COVID-19 pandemic, who's willing to call out all of these pillars of the system. How convenient that Fox News, <coughs> controlled opposition, would want to bench him, pay him, but bench him, silence him through the presidential election. How unbelievably not shocking to those of us who have been in that world and know exactly what's going on. Um, it continues, Carlson's confidants say he is also contemplating building a direct-to-consumer media outlet where his millions of fans could pay to watch him 
his predecessor, Bill O'Reilly, in that slot. He was in that 8 p.m. slot before Tucker created a blueprint for this. That's correct. The ousted host, quote, <laughs> this, is, this is the best part. The ousted host knows where a lot of bodies are buried and is ready to start drawing a map. So in other words, what's the gist of this? The gist is that if they don't let him do him, if they don't let him talk, if they don't let him speak up, if they don't let him have a voice, if they try to silence him, that he is going to fight back. He doesn't want to be silenced. And here's the thing. If these corporate media institutions were in any way noble, they would make a decision and say, well, we don't want to work with you anymore, right? It's your prerogative, right? You can turn around and say you don't want to work with someone. Fine. Okay. You should have to have some sort of justification for that. But, you know, it, it ultimately is your prerogative to say we don't, this agreement's not working, whatever. And if there is no just cause, yeah, you have to pay them out. But if there's any nobility in that cause, then you would just let them go be, let them go do their thing. Any company, by the way, any company, if you're listening, any company, any media company that tries to silence people when they leave and tries to say, well, this is the terms of the contract. You can't go work. You can't go work if you leave here or, you know, try to put you on a leash, threaten all that. That's a dark institution. If something doesn't work out or if there's a, a different vision or something like that, this happens in media all the time, right? All the time. Or if somebody gets fired, let them go. They should just let them. You didn't want Tucker on your airwaves because, you know, it would upset the system. And you are the system. We get it. Okay. So you decided you didn't want him there. There was no justification as far as I know. As far as I know, as far as I have seen for that hire, for that fire. Although well, I'm sure there will be text messages in this, that they'll try to justify the firing so that they can say they have just cause and all that. I'm sure that's going on behind the scenes. I haven't seen any justification as of yet, personally. But, um... Maybe there is. Who knows? But if there's not, then yeah, you got to pay him out and then just let him go do his thing. Let him go start his media empire. Why is it so threatening? Well, probably because the system at large, meaning the people that they report to, probably said, oh, don't just let him go. Make sure he can't talk because, you know, he's damaging. He's damaging to the agenda, right? He's damaging whether he's at Fox News. He's damaging whether he's somewhere else. He's more damaging probably where, when he's somewhere else because he's going to reach more people. Because ever since Fox News instituted, instituted the mandate, a lot of people shut their TV. We're like, mm -mm -mm. they had a, you know, there's a lot of this going on at Fox News right now and has been for a long time. A lot of people are like, mm -mm. and a lot of people just don't want to watch conventional media. So what do I think is going to happen here? I don't think Tucker wants this. I don't think he wants a fight. I don't think he wants to drag people in. I think he just wants to do what he wants to do. What do I think he's going to do? I think he's going to start his own thing. I think he will do something that's direct to consumer. That, that's what makes most sense. With somebody of his star caliber, it, it really just, that's how it goes usually. And um, I think he'll probably, maybe he'll start a little media company. I don't know if Tucker Carlson is the kind of guy that's going to want to manage a business and have other hires in terms of other talent. I don't know where he is in his life right now. If he wanted to do it, he certainly could do it. And he'd certainly be successful doing it. But I think he wants to just get his message out. He doesn't want to be silenced. They're afraid of what he'll say about them, one. And even not, if not directly about them, by virtue of him talking about corporate media and censorship and all this stuff, he's talking about them, right? That's what, that's what it is. But more than that, more than that, they're worried about what he's going to say about everything else. Because what good does it do them, the system, if they take him off the 8 p.m. slot and then he's out there reaching more people by virtue of not being bound to them? No. The goal is to shut him up until the election is done. Because Fox News wants Joe Biden to win the election. I don't know how to break it to you. That's who they want to win. It's good for them. I, you know how many conversations I remember having, having with hosts, by the way, that would say, oh, we need the Democrat to win because then we can you know, go after them. And that's great for our business model. And I would ultimately sit there and be like, yeah, it's great for your business model, but it sucks for the country. Like, isn't, isn't that what we're on here saying every day that this guy can't win? Well, yeah, but you know. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? Slimy. Nasty. It's a different definition of the word nasty deli. See, nasty has far and wide reach in terms of its use. It can be applied to a nasty, promiscuous modern woman. It can be applied to a nasty system. It can be uh, applied to, a, uh, applied to a, a nasty corporate media institution. Look, look at the versatility that I have provided. We're there you go. Nasty. nasty. I'm waiting for you to say it with you. A little more New York in you. Deli's from Florida. The nasty's got to have like nasty. It's got to be like, there's got to be some guttural drive to it. We need to get a little of that Florida out of you. There's got to be some Bronx in there somewhere, some edge, right? You ever go to visit New York? No, my grandma's from the Bronx though. All right. So you got it in there somewhere. <laughs> I spent a lot of time in the Bronx. I, I actually really loved the Bronx growing up. It was hmm, feisty, shall we say. All right. The Guardian. Let's get to the Guardian. 
Motherhood on ice, it says. Egg freezing. Lack of suitable men drives women to freeze their eggs. Okay, so right there off the, t- off the bat, I'm like, hmm, that's interesting. Blaming, blaming the men. Okay, let's see what they have to say. The Guardian, you know, you know what that's about, right? Do I need, we don't need to break down which media outlets are complete. Like, this is like NPR said. <laughs> no one cares. The Guardian, same. All right. I do care, actually, though, because, you know, these people, this is Matrix Media, and we have to figure out what's going on here. Selfish, this is the, this is the line that starts, selfish, career-driven women, gullible dupes of the fertility industry, victims of the patriarchy. When leading anthropologist Maria C., Marcia C., sorry, Inhorn, first embarked on her decade-long study of why women freeze their eggs, the popular narrative was largely one of derision. In other words, women were being blamed. Medicine, pharma, wonder who funds them. Who funds the Guardian? Let's find that out. We're being blamed. There was a lot of either blaming women or saying that they're naive, stupid, and so forth, says the Yale professor. Meanwhile, in academic circles, egg freezing was and still is often seen as a calculated act by women to hack their fertility by prolonging it through medical intervention. As if this was something very intentional that women were doing in this kind of planned, almost feminist narrative. Here we go. The elevation of the egg freezing. The elevation of the egg freezing. So she started this hypothesis, this anthropologist, this feminist anthropologist. Is it career and educational aspiration that's driving the turn to egg freezing? More than 150 interviews later. Not that many. I know it sounds like a lot. That's not a lot to base a whole, oh, yes, this is, how many people freeze their eggs? Get those numbers and then parallel it to 150, and it's going to be a lot of people and then a small number of interviews, regardless. This is the largest anthropological study to date into why women freeze their eggs. You know what's interesting about this study that I found out midway through? They didn't interview any men. None. Well, why would they interview men? Well, because they're drawing conclusions about men. You will come to find. So why not ask them a little bit about it, I wonder? Hmm. So they concluded it was men who were the problem, the study. (laughs) The biggest driving factor was a shortage of suitable educated men, a problem which she terms in her forthcoming book, Motherhood on Ice, the mating gap. Her research found that women freezing their eggs tended to be in their late 30s, successful, high-earning professionals in both the U.S. and the U.K., and primarily single. They were one after another, women who had been successful in their career and at the same time had been looking for a partner, but they just couldn't find a reproductive partner. And she's saying, by the way, that it's because of education. She's saying there were more educated, there are more educated women. There are, that's true. And that women were looking for a a similar counterpart in men and men didn't have the education that they had. So they would turn their nose up at it and say, I, I, that's not what I want. That's her, that's her hypothesis. She also says that men were often intimidated by the success of women. Quote, sometimes men would joke or insult them about their jobs. And say, you're smarter than I am. I can't go out with you. I mean, just really blatant kinds of misogyny and discrimination. That sounds to me like it was probably a joke, honey. You're smarter than me. I can't go out with you. Sounds like a joke. Not like misogyny. Not like discrimination. Also, why is it discrimination? Why is it labeled discrimination if a guy just isn't into someone? Let's say a guy goes out with a girl and she's super smart. She's one of those like Ivy League. I went to Columbia, so I believe me, I saw a lot of the little glasses walking around with the books, snooty, you know, irritating, right? There's a lot of that there. Biggest waste of money, by the way, ever. Don't spend your money at institutions like that. I had a free ride and it was still, even the amount, little amount that I paid to get lunch in between classes, I consider was a waste of money. Horrible. Waste. Don't do it. College is such a scam. Grad school is even bigger. Unless you're in a very professionalized uh like you're going to engineering school or something very specialized. This liberal arts stuff is such a crock, man. It really is. I'm telling you. Sorry, Destiny, if you're listening. I know you love the liberal arts. He told me that on the show. But anyway, you. I saw these girls. I saw these girls there and they're very snooty and this, that. And yes, they're super, you know, intellectual or shall we say pseudo intellectual because there's no practical skills actually going on. They're just well read. Great. Maybe we can, you know, make some money by citing Shakespeare. I don't know. And guys just sometimes wouldn't be into them because they're, they were so snooty. They were so like above you and they were so, they were always talking down to you and they were always giving some condescending lecture. And it's one thing to be smart and it's another thing to be showy about it and annoying about it. So sometimes guys just, you know, why is it discriminatory? If a guy runs into a girl and she happens to be smart, but he's just not into her. Why is that discriminatory? Oh, now he's discriminating against smart chicks? No, maybe he just doesn't like that girl. Maybe she's got an attitude about her smarts, right? 
I can't with this word, just, oh, it's discriminatory. Everything's discriminatory. Why? People just have preferences, right? People just have preferences. Why are the guy's preferences never allowed to happen? I just don't understand it. What are we even doing in society anymore? Ridiculous. Then it says the golden nugget, of course, the coup de grace. While she didn't interview men for her study and says she does not wish to portray them all as callous, blah, blah, blah. Why didn't you interview any men for the study? I don't understand how you do a whole study uh, saying that men are the reason. You guys are the reason that women are freezing their eggs. You guys are less educated. You guys are less, you know, motivated to be, I guess, on par with women and what they want. You drew that conclusion, but you didn't talk to any guys? Shady. Shady, agenda-driven baloney. Now, is it true that women are more educated than men? Yeah, that's statistically true. Every woman that I knew, by the way, who froze their eggs, and this was not something that I was going to do. I did one. I actually, it was interesting, Late in my late 30s, I had a baby late, right, as you know, so I didn't know if I was going to be able to get pregnant. My mom took a while to get pregnant. She had a baby younger, and she had some trouble with it. So she always, I always had that in my ear, you know? And my decision was either I was going to get pregnant naturally or I wasn't going to have, I just wasn't going to have a baby. Maybe I'd adopt something, but I I didn't want, for health reasons, I was not going to be putting all those hormones and everything. But I did go for an evaluation because I was curious about my fertility. I was like 37 when I went. I was like, what's going on? Turns out, you know, they, (laughs) it's amazing. These, these medical institutions, I go in, the guy is like, oh, well, I don't know. One ovary is smaller than the other. You have a tiny ovary. And I was like, what? I walked out. I was like, what's wrong? Why are you so small? What's going on down there? You know, panicked a little bit, like just thinking like, why? Is there something wrong with it? Apparently I had eggs, you know, he's like, yeah, you have eggs. You have a lot, but like not a ton. I think it'd be really best for you to freeze them. I was like, well, you're not saying I'm infertile. Why are you telling me to freeze the eggs? Anyway, fast forward. I got pregnant first try from, by the way, which is really funny. The tiny ovary. Good story. But, um, you know, they're, they're there to make money, right? A lot of times. So I wonder how many women walk in the door and like get pressured into the egg freezing. That's number one. But why did I go in? I went in because I was not 20. Because I was 37 and I had delayed the process for a number of reasons. Uh, because I got married late. Because I stayed in New York City way too long. Because I made some decisions that I would encourage people to make differently because I was older and because I knew my fertility wasn't what it was. And there was, even though I was on the surface really comfortable with saying, okay, I'm not going to do egg freezing, there was a little bit of panic inside me that was like, you know what? What if I really do, you know, I want a baby really badly and like maybe I did wait too long or of course that occurred to me. Women are lying if they're saying that's not the case. So why are women freezing their eggs? Why are they doing it in their late 30s? Honey, they're not doing it in their late 30s just to do it. It's not like they're walking in at 22 and they're like, oh, let me freeze their eggs. No, they're nervous. They're starting to get nervous. They're starting to worry. They're starting to panic. They don't have the guy they want. They don't see that guy in sight. They're starting to add up. Oh, I got to know him first. I got to get, I got to like him. I got to move in together. We got to get engaged. We got to get married. We got to have a baby. That's a lot going on. All of a sudden they start seeing six years. The panic sets in. It's a lot of stress to think like that. That's why they're going in in their late thirties to freeze their eggs, honey. It's not like because they're having some sort of, oh, well, I'm just not meeting my, you know, intellectual match. Their education is not good enough. It's not a calm decision. It's not a calm decision in your late thirties. If you're making the decision in your twenties, that's a different conversation. I'd ask why, unless you have some sort of genetic issue or you have some sort of something's going on physically that it's a weird decision to me, but whatever you do, you. If you're doing it in your late 30s, you're doing it because you're panicked. You're nervous. Let's just admit that. Why does this woman have to do this whole study? Now, if you want to talk about why less men are appealing, is some of that, you know, do women want an educated guy? Is that something they rank up there? It is, right? So if women are more educated and guys are not as educated, could that be a factor here of why women who are really prioritizing that can't check a lot of guys on that list? Sure. They also want guys who earn more money than they do. And with more women in the workforce and more women making money, it's harder than it used to be for women to find guys that are making more than them. And typically they want substantially more than them. So you've turned yourself into a CEO. You've turned yourself into a career woman. You've put yourself on a heavy financial path. And 
you're you're now you want guys to make more than you. Well, those women are it's going to have a harder time. Right. Then if they were if they had decided to stay at home or if they had decided not to be on a career path, it would have been easier for them to find someone who made more money than they did because they either weren't making much money or they weren't on a career driven path. Maybe they were teaching or doing something part time. So I'm not telling you not to work, by the way. That's not the message here. I want people to do what they want to do for their lives. I'm a big freedom advocate. But I am telling you that if you make those choices, understand that you're if you say, I want guys who are going to make more money than me, I want guys who are going to be as educated as me. If you put all these stipulations in and you're now a career woman, less guys are going to be able to fit in the maybe can work with you model. Maybe you'll like them. Then you got to go through the personality traits. Then you got to go through who clicks. I mean, you're, you're just you're narrowing it a little bit, right? So let's just be realistic about why the population is narrowed. You don't have to change your behavior. You don't have to decide to stop working, but you just be honest. And you're getting older and older. You're not meeting somebody that you're into because you're very, women oftentimes are so picky too about all the, I mean, gotta be more educated, gotta make more money, gotta make this amount more money, gotta have this, gotta have that. Okay, but then understand that you might get to 38 and you might be freezing your eggs in a panic. Now, I'm not telling you to settle for somebody who mistreats you. I'm not telling you to do anything. I'm just telling you that if you're very picky, here's what I suggest. I suggest looking at what really matters and not making it about every nitpicking thing. I mean, always got to have green eyes. I mean, it starts to, the lists sometimes start to get a little sick. Whatever happens to just you met somebody and it was somebody who was a good person and was motivated and would make a good father and would you'd get along great. I mean, we've lost that. Now it's so picky all the time. Everything's got to align just right or no. Part of that is that they go on social media. They feel like they have all these options. Then in real life, it turns out they don't. They wait too long. I mean, you're told to freeze your eggs. Freeze your eggs is something that is preached to you as a woman. I cannot tell you how many times I heard, just freeze your eggs, just freeze your eggs in New York City when I was in my 20s and 30s. Freeze your eggs, don't worry about it. Freeze your, oh, don't think about it now. Just freeze your eggs. It's like, it's, it's like oh, just, you know, go have lunch. Freeze your eggs. Go have lunch. Get your Botox. You know, it's all so corrupted. That's what's happening. Women are growing up thinking, oh, I'll just freeze my eggs. No big deal. I'm just stall. I don't need to take guys seriously. I don't need to think about this stuff. Then it's there all of a sudden it's 38 and they're like, <gasps> I really have to freeze my eggs. Turns out freezing your eggs, not so easy. It's a very invasive medical procedure. It has risks associated with it. There's a lot of hormones, synthetic, that you have to absorb and it doesn't always work. That's what they don't tell you when they take, what, $10,000 from you? Come on. There comes a point at which you just have to be honest, you know, make your decisions. It's okay, but let's just talk about what's really going on. All right. I want to get to this uh, trans woman on whatever podcast y'all wanted me to look at this. I think you baited me, by the way, all of you Delhi included. I think you baited me into this because you want me to say some not so nice stuff and I, I ain't taking the bait. All right. Maybe a little, I'll take a small amount of the bait, but I turned this on and, um, I saw something that was um, interesting. She, by the way, people were saying terrible things about this girl. And I'm going to call her a girl because you know what? I, I just, I, I never know. What to, a girl, man, this, that, trans woman. I don't know what's going on anymore, to be honest. I feel like a relic in this respect, too. She, let's just say trans woman, right? Because that's how she identified herself. Okay. Let's go to number three, Deli. Can we just pull up 503? Before we play it, is there a visual of what's going on here? Yeah. All right. I mean, so y'all baited me, right? Because you know I talk about obesity. You know I talk about, you know, I, you baited me with this one. I looked at this and I thought, oh. first of all, let me address this before we play the clip. Brian, you, you knew what you were doing. Brian, you booked this individual for a reason. You knew. You went on the Instagram. Don't even talk to me about it. You went on. You saw. And I went on the Instagram too. Some weird stuff going on there is all I'm going to say. You booked her. Don't tell me it was just coincidence. You wanted that visual dynamic on the show. You know it. No, I just wanted diversity of thought. Mm-hmm, sure. Okay, let's go back to 503. So we're gonna, we're gonna have, let's have her introduce herself. Um, let's just, uh, no words from me, let's just go. Talking to the mic. Yeah, talking to the mic, just so they can hear you. Say, right. your, say your occupation one more time for just, us. Just so they can. My occupation is a certified bad bitch. 
What was your age? What was your age again? Very much baddie vibes. I'm 23 years old. Okay. And Kiko's 23, right? Yeah. Okay. 23, 23. And certified bad, bad bitch or boss? Very much baddie vibes. What's that mean? No breaks. What, it's so, very much full time. What does that What does that mean? <laughs> Can you explain that? It's just a lifestyle. Like, it's it's, a lifestyle. I mean, if you get uh, it, you get it. The rules I are don't there. Get it. I, mean, I feel like every girl can, every woman can be a certified baddie. It's just the mindset, and it's a full time job. But if you had, if, if there was a def, if there was a dictionary, and you were hired by Webster's to define mm. certified bad bitch, is that what it is? <laughs> yes. How? What, what would be the dictionary definition of a certified bad bitch? I would have to say. I mean, if just like toning it down completely, just a woman who's confident in herself, does whatever she wants for herself, nobody else, just women, whatever, men, whatever, anybody can be a certified bad bitch. Is it's that just, the, is, it's just, I think it's just the level of confidence and it's the mindset for sure. Is that the uh, occupation you list on your taxes? Oh, for sure. <laughs> okay, so first of all, can we just talk about how everybody on the panel is uncomfortable? The girls are all like, what do I do, right? And they're not going to say anything. They're not going to be like, what are are you, is this a joke? See, now this is why I would probably get thrown off. I would look around. I'd be like, Brian, is this a joke? Who is it? What's going on here? What? I would have a rea- like a reaction like that. because And everybody on the panel is just like, mm, yeah. You know, they don't know what to say. And in fact, they all like nod. Like, oh, yeah, everyone can be a certified bad bitch. Oh, you, you know, they're all like, you go, girl. You know I'm like, does nobody see the oddness that is happening? What I love about this is not, I'm not going to comment on the obesity. That's, you know, you want to live like that, you do what you want. You're hurting yourself though, honey. I'm not going to comment on the, even the trans component. You're trans woman. Okay, fine. What's interesting to me is that this trans woman has adopted the language of the modern woman. Like you decided that you wanted to become a woman, right? You made that decision at some point. I don't know how far the process you are or what the case is, but you acknowledge that. And you decided to mimic and copy these depressed, crazy, unhinged modern women. I'm a certified badass bitch. You know, you could just see the t-shirt, right? Wild to see. And they're all like confused because they want to salute, but they also know there's a weirdness. You ever notice when people see there's something real weird going on, but they're afraid to say it? I'm that person that would just say, wow, this is weird, right? And you know what? People would be like, thank God somebody said it. Look at their faces. As we play these clips, just look at the faces of the girls. They look like they're in straight jackets. Like they've never wanted to disappear from a place more than they do from this podcast, Brian, man. You got some gonads putting people through this. You know, I love you. And by the way, I love this show. I love what Brian does. But this, oh, this was, this was rough. Okay, let's go to the next one. Let's go to 120. Um, she's going to talk now about, oh, man, body positivity. Why do you bait me? Hell yeah. What is everyone's take on the we fat still need acceptance to, movement? We still need to do the a fat acceptance, fat acceptance movement. Fat acceptance movement. Um, I think the fat acceptance What's movement that? is terrible. Body positivity. Sam, go ahead. You were about to say something. <laughs> okay, so like I, I'm all for people being healthy, all about themselves. Like I said, like, if that, like I, I don't know how to say this, but like basically like I get a lot of shit for what I wear. No. Like, People are like, oh, you shouldn't wear that. It's for your body, blah, blah, blah. I'm shocked. For me, like, I don't wear this shit to, like, be, get it for attention. I do this because this is what makes me feel beautiful. I can't stop. This is- stop. Stop it. You baited me. She does not look good in that outfit. Come on, honey. This mirror is lying to you. Does she have one of those mirrors when you go, you know when you go into, like, the horror house? Oh, it's like distorted distorted right yeah. sometimes you go into the horror house and you look real skinny like a bony <laughs> or you look tall. real fat yeah. real tall does she got like some type of skinny mirror that's shrinking stuff something to- listen to me that is not a uh, that outfit does not like make you look good it's not tailored to your physique it doesn't fit it doesn't fit but that's not even the thing right she's again just chanting out the modern woman oh, i dress this way for myself I dress this way because this is how I feel beautiful. First of all, if that's true, what's going on there? Come on. That's not, there's a lot of ways you could dress that would be much more, you know, beautiful in terms of complimenting your physique. We all know that. Come on. Let's be realistic. But secondly, look at how she's just repeating the talking points. It's not for you. It's not for attention. It's for me. 
It's like she watched a bunch of episodes. You think she watched Drew Fallow and just decided to regurgitate those talking points? Where does it come from? Man. It was wild to see in a trans woman who had who had decided, why did you decide to become a woman? To like wreck your life? Then there's an interesting turn of events though. So I was on this path. I'm watching it. I'm watching it. I'm getting more and more frustrated because I'm like, man, you know, if you're going to become a woman, there's some better things to do, right? Okay. Then I get to the third part though. Some flips. Let's go to 325.55. Look, this is what she, uh, she wakes up to every day. That's what I was talking about. <laughs> That's what I was talking about. You know what I'm talking about, these mirrors, that there's trickery involved. I've even been in, you know, some gyms. You ever go into a gym, by the way, on that note, and you look in the mirror and you're like, I don't look this way upstairs. You're doing some trickery in the gyms, trying to shrink stuff, or something's going on in those gyms. I'm telling you, some gyms, just saying you look better in the mirror in the gym than you do in the mirror in your own house. Let's not talk about why or what could potentially be going on, but you know there's something, right? Something's not right in some of these gym mirrors. Okay, let's go to this third clip now of her. This was Ask intriguing. Go, oh, sh- go ahead, you can play it. So, about your sexuality, so, really. like, I don't know, I kind of get the impression, like, I feel like you got game, so, like, do you get mad bitches? Okay, stop, wait. Uh- I love you, Brian, but ghetto is not your thing. <laughs> like, I don't know. Did you, did you see what Brian tried to do there, trying to come off? I don't know what he was doing. And I don't know if it played that well. I thought, it, you know, it sounded a little bit like, you know, maybe they were making fun of her a little bit, which we don't want to do, but okay, let's just keep playing. Uh, honestly, yes. However, let me clarify something. Do, am I, I, I feel like the older that I'm getting, I'm washing them away. Why? Because I'm getting older. I want a man who well, loves me 23? openly. You're 23. Yeah, you're 23. You got, but you like, got plenty honestly, of time to, to but, no, sow okay. the wild oats. Let's be, Is that how that goes? Let's spill the tea real quick, okay? Yeah, <laughs> like, <laughs> let's spill the tea. My experiences from dating are way more different than theirs. I'm a trans girl. Like, men, honestly, like, it's so fucking rare that you ever even find a guy that's been like, okay, let's Let pause it here for us because then there's another point that needs to be made. So 23, at first I was like, well, 23 deciding, you know what, I'm done with all of this promiscuity. I want something real. And I was like, well, well, that's, I guess that's a good sign. Then I thought to myself, well, she did the 304 phase already. So no, not so good. But then I said to myself, I came back around again and I said, well, that's better than some of these modern women, Right. They get to like 30 and they're still like, no, 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 not ready to settle down yet. No, 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 I'm still young. They're still doing the 304 phase. So I went back and forth on that for a minute. But I think if you had the 304 phase anyway, bad, right? All right. But then she comes out and she says something that encapsulates. She's certainly, certainly in the world of female delusion. Let's listen. Let's go see a movie. Let's go have dinner. No, they're just trying to fuck. I'm a fetish. I'm a fetish to like 98% of those fucking guys, Mm. you know? So my thing right now is like, okay, yeah, sexually, I can probably have whatever the fucking guy I want to. You sure about that? No, honestly, like there has not, I'm going to be 100% honest. Like if I genuinely like that guy or if I like, oh, like, you know, there's nothing oddly about that. Yeah. Not even trying. Sorry. Um, what did she so say? Like, I'm attract- There's nothing. What did you hear? What Kiko said? There's nothing ugly about you. There's nothing ugly about you. Okay, interesting. Mm. That's her name, Kiko. Is that one Kiko? I think so, yeah. Okay. Like, there's I've ninety like ninety five percent of the time I'll get it. However, okay, I'm you know, I just too- like I can't. <sighs> Can you imagine the kind of confidence that goes into this? I mean, I cannot imagine at any stage of my life. Truly, at any stage. And I know she's talking about, oh, guys, fetishes and all that. I looked really good at, like, 21. I wish I had a photo to show right now. I did. I really I had the long, beautiful hair. I was fit. I was. I looked really good. I can I, At that age, I would not have said, oh, I can get 95% of guys. I can pretty much get any guy I want. That would have never come out of my mouth. I didn't feel that way. I, I didn't. I didn't feel that. I didn't have that kind of, like, audacity even if I did feel that way, I would never, I couldn't even vocalize that. You got this girl sitting there looking like she do, talking like that. What planet does she think that 95% of guys would be willing to hop on board with what's going on there? She's saying fetishes, 95% of guys are into a trans woman fetish? 
honey, no. That's not accurate. That's delusion that you got going on. 95, Deli, you gonna be, uh, you no. wanna take that? No. Yeah, Deli, was a card pass. <laughs> No chance. I mean, no. I'm pretty sure if I walked out here and I asked the guys, hey, you know, Vinny, uh, what do you think? I'm pretty sure that I would get a solid no from everyone. Oh, they'd be lying. <laughs> you think so? Come on. Can we can we just live in reality? And I'm not saying that she won't wind up with somebody that makes her happy. Listen, I want was I want everybody to be happy. I want everybody to find someone that makes them happy. I want everybody to live a beautiful life that they want for themselves. I don't wish ill on anybody, but can, can, I do. I can't stand the delusion. Now we all got to sit here and we got to be like, oh, yeah, this is great. You know, this is somebody who could get 95% of guys. And imagine going through life with that sense of delusion. Like we see it, and this is an extreme example, but when women walk around like that, imagine walking around thinking, I could get 95% of guys. How many guys are you telling no to because you think you're better than them? Are you? Or is it in your head? Just think about it. If you don't want to wind up alone, you have to have a, a, a realistic assessment of what you bring to the table, of your looks, of your capabilities, of what you're willing to do in a relationship, of your character, all of it. These people walking around thinking they walk on water. This is like a personality disorder. It is. All right. This is the best. We have the chat. I see you guys in there. Let's see. Rapidro's in there. Five bucks. The he, she also has a new TikTok video too where she eats her feelings because guys say she's not a 10. No way. Is that true? I don't have TikTok because, you know, moral degradation of society. But it's okay that you do, Rob. <laughs> I just can't get on there. <laughs> Beaten Cheeks is in here. By the way, I logged on to the Whatever Podcast last night. I did see Beaten Cheeks commenting in there. I logged on very quickly to see if I could just see the start of the um, Rolo, uh, Mike Sartain, Justin Waller episode. I couldn't stay because it was – I go to sleep, y'all. That's another thing I got to say. They want me to come on that show. 10 o'clock for four hours, y'all? I need some sleep. I can't be doing that. Nuh-uh. I'm not, what is this, like a college girl party? I wasn't even doing that in college. I used to be like, I have to go pick up my dry cleaning and then go to sleep. <laughs> my friends called me an old lady when I was 18. But I did see Beaten Cheeks in there saying some stuff. Five bucks, I did my first Rumble podcast on having standards and got insulted heavily. <laughs> <laughs> I only get shamed by big feminist girls, never the pretty women. Uh, that's what Andrew Tate always says, right? He's like, why do all the girls that hate me, why are they like fat and ugly and, you know, weird purple hair, some like jagged, you know, snaggle tooth coming out. And then you see all the girls defending him and they're like, Andrew is the best. And they're all like these supermodel types. It's so funny, isn't it? I mean, I'm just saying there is a trend. There is a trend. Uh, Riff Lemon, 10 bucks. Thank you. Omega Rosetsu is here. Jed, you misunderstood. It was said that 95% of the guys who go for it sees this person as an object of fetishism. You misunderstood. Terrible diction. Oh, really? Is that what she said? I don't, I don't think so. I don't think that's what she said. I don't. Because she went on and on and on and on about how she could really have any guy she wants. Yeah, she's saying, by the way, I agree with you. She's saying it's because of fetishes. But most guys don't have those fetishes. Most guys don't want to sleep with a trans woman. So it's a distorted uh, baseline from which she's working. So we have a, a different perception of what was said there. But I think I'm right, Omega. I'm going in with I think I'm right. Okay. So let's talk about the word misogynistic. We had Sneeko on the other day. By the way, if you missed that episode, you should go watch it. I was very, very uh, pleased with that interview. I had a great time talking to Sneeko. I think that Sneeko's come a long way. I think that people who find religion are grounded in something bigger than themselves. I think it was on display that day. I, I think he's very smart, and I think he's evolving, and he's very young, and he's opinionated, and... I had a great conversation. I really enjoyed having him here. If you missed it, go back and check it. We talked about everything from the, you know, the pandemic to climate change to modern women. We dipped into it all. He can go toe-to-toe -to -toe with me on policy, too, and I love that. I love that. All right, let's talk about uh, a psychotic, triggered feminist, shall we? Who's on board? Just what you were missing on your Friday. I wasn't here on Friday, you know. By the way, I did the fast, and I didn't make it to 72 hours. Do you believe it? Deli, I didn't make it to 72. My blood sugar dropped. <laughs> I went I was like trying to monitor myself I made it I, I did really well but I didn't make it to 72 so I got to try again but I I was exhausted I you would not have wanted to see me in that state of that it wasn't a good look let's just say that it wasn't my most sexy 
Um, all right. So I go on this Instagram and I see this craziness. Um, actually, Hunter, I'll give you credit here, Hunter, if you're listening. Hunter is a, he's a content producer. He helps me to find content. He finds some, I find some, we work together. And he said this to me. And it says, why referring to women as females is degrading. I didn't know you couldn't call a woman a female. Did you know that? New rules. Why is saying female different from saying woman? Well, she's going to educate us, this lunatic. She says referring to a woman as a female is, you can keep, you get a scroll, reductive, (laughs) misogynistic, and dehumanizing. She says female is a biological term to describe sex and is often used in medical or scientific descriptions of human and animal bodies. It's an extremely binary and narrow way to describe what makes us human. Are we just a sum of our body parts? Are we defined by biological or reproductive function? It also doesn't include all people who identify as a woman. I was waiting for it. So you see what this is. Imagine being so sick. Imagine being so sick of mind that you hear the word female and you're triggered. You're like, well, no, no. I'm not just a sum of my ovaries and my reproductive parts. What, what is wrong with everybody? Does everybody need some type of safe space all the time? Can you imagine being so crazy? It's just a word, honey. It's just a word. Male, female. It goes on. Then she goes into misogyny. Describing women as females is often used as a way to sexualize, discriminate, or reduce women to offensive stereotypes. Across the manosphere, incels, men's rights activists, and pickup artists use it as a way to other, objectify, and speak about women. It's more of conquests and objects. It's nearly always used by men to describe women. Women rarely refer to each other as females. Who cares? Or to men as males. Nor do men refer to other men as males. The terms female and male are most commonly used when describing animals, like a female tiger, her male dog. <laughs> describing women as female strips them of their humanity. All right, so I, I can't. These people are sick. You know, we talk about mental illness. I, I really can't stress it enough. There's people that have just like a walking, like narcissistic disorder. They're like completely self-absorbed. They have this inflated sense of their own self-importance. There's so many first world problems now, Right. Do you think that our, you know, grandparents were sitting here thinking about female, the word, did it offend you? Does the word male offend you? Is it dehumanizing because it reduces you to your reproductive parts? No, you know what? They were busy doing, working. They were working. They were paying the bills. They were spending time with family. They were cooking a big old Sunday dinner. They were watching something together, you know, the, the one television show that you could, t- my dad always says, we'd turn on our TV and there was that one show you could watch. It was a simpler time. They were playing outside, watching their kids play stickball. You know, maybe you'd, you'd go to a, a local diner. You know, my dad always talks about, I say, oh, I love the 50s diners. He's like, yeah, back in the 50s, those were just diners. That's what you did. Simpler life. They were just living life. They weren't self-absorbed, obsessed, insufferable. You offend me. I'm triggered. Nauseating prima donna babies. Ugh. Imagine it was a terrible war and we had to rely on these people in any way to be of service. I'm not just talking about, you know, there are guys that talk like this. The word male, it's just, it's hurtful. (laughs) Go away. Can we just like, okay, listen, I, can we establish some type of island? We, I have an idea. Breaking news. I need like a breaking news, Chiron. Breaking news. That would be great if it looked like corporate media. We could spoof them. Someone needs to buy an island and maybe me. I've got the cash. I'm going to buy an island and I'm just going to send all these weird, self-absorbed crazies there. And they can just figure it out, right? Somebody asked today, Jesse Kelly over on, uh, we've had him on the show. He said, you know, with these blue cities, you know, he asked a question. He was like, do we want to like try to use some red GOP authoritarianism to get them in, you know, federally to get them to do what's right for themselves? Or we just want to let them sink and crumble. The answer is sink and crumble. You got to let these people just sink and crumble. Or we could send them to my island. I have an idea, an island. I love it. Who's going to, who's going to? Delhi, you can run. Governor. <laughs> governor yeah, of governor. the island. Governor this is island. your moment. That's Let me cool. see what you got. You may have to balance the budget and all that. We'll see. All right. How many of you are into AI? Can I get a show of hands in the chat if you're into AI? Tell Delhi. He'll tell me. He'll convey the message to me. Um, 
Goodbye privacy. I see this article in the New York Post about AI. AI is, first of all, okay, Elon, you've done a lot for free speech. I don't want your AI and I don't want your electric car. I'm out. Girlfriend is out. But I see this about MRIs and I'm like, huh. AI is starting to read minds, it says. Researchers at the University of Texas, Austin, have successfully created an artificial intelligence system that can translate a person's brain activity into plain, readable language. What? The high-tech device known as a semantic decoder can do so by utilizing similar technology implemented by JetGBT and Google's BARD. In other words, the Wokies. No surgery or special implant is required for a non-invasive method. This is a real leap forward compared to what's been done before, they say. It uses a fMRI scanner in tandem with a decoder to transcribe a person's thoughts after a cumbersome process. I have to go for an MRI soon for my lower back. And now I'm thinking to myself, I don't even want to get in that dang machine. I don't trust anybody. A test subject is instructed to listen to hours of podcasts while inside of the scanner before having their own thoughts decoded by either telling a story in their heads or imagining a story. So in other words, you go into the machine, you imagine a story or you tell a story in your head and, and they, they translate it into like words. No way. Mm -mm. The AI can't yet develop a word for word translation, but instead researchers designed it to capture the gist of what was being said. For example, if a participant listening to a speaker say, I don't have my driver's license yet, had their thoughts translated as she has not even started to learn to drive yet. That's close enough. So, um, Black Mirror, anyone? I mean, do you not see how this could be used for ill? And they say here, they even anticipate, and they say, well, the researchers intend on the technology being used for mentally conscious individuals who can't speak, like stroke victims, but they're well aware of what could happen if AI gets into the wrong hands. We take very seriously the concerns that it could be used for bad purposes. Imagine Klaus Schwab, man in some type of technology like this. I mean, listen, I, I don't know. I understand, again, they introduce this stuff as, oh, it's for stroke victims. Wow, we'll be able to see what they're thinking. This is fantastic. You can help a whole generation of people suffering from disease. And everyone's like, wow. It's like when the WEF promises something. They have so much to say about it to make you feel good. And then you fast forward five years and it's like mandatory mind reading sessions. And you see everyone in China scanning something and going into machines. And you're like, uh, are we next? What's going on here? That's how it's working. It's like little by little and then boom. Then suddenly it's, you know, scary. I mean, you could really see how this, I mean, I was thinking like, man, if this was used by military professionals, if this was used by the corrupt, sick, twisted medical establishment, I'm out on that. I, I can't. I can't even watch Black Mirror anymore. And by the way, I used to love that show before we started to live it. Kind of like I used to love movies like Contagion. And now I'm like, oh, I don't want to hear about your like, I'm good. You know, you live through something in real life. You're like, oh, God, I don't need to see it on the screen. I watched a really good movie, by the way. Oh, gosh, what was it called? I always forget the names of movies. Oh, there's a movie deli where two girls, it, they climb. Oh, it's called, I think, Fall. I where they climb the tower. They climb the tower. And they get stuck, and she's like hallucinating the whole time. Yes, <laughs> you should watch good. it. Did it you watch it? Surprisingly good. Yeah, I liked it. I didn't love the end, but I liked it. But if you have fear of heights, you're gonna have vertigo through the whole. The whole movie, I'm like this because I have a little bit of vertigo from. Um, that's a whole other story, man. Just don't slip a disc. Is all I'm gonna tell you. But I have a little bit of vertigo from that, and I'm like watching the movie, and I'm like, ooh. My husband's like, are you? Are you all right? And I'm just like, yeah, I'm fine. Why do you ask? I'm like moving because I'm getting dizzy watching them climb this little skinny. You got to go watch the movie. I wish we could do like movie stuff where we showed clips. Damn copyrights. Sucks here, man. You got to watch uh, Don't Worry, Darling. Did Don't you Worry, Darling? What's that? Uh, it just came out recently. Um, they basically made the main villain like Jordan Peterson. That's Ooh. who Olivia Wilde said she painted him after. Really? Which is funny. Is it like it's, it's a really deep movie? Mm. It's basically about a group of people who listen to a podcast and they get sucked into like a VR world because they're saying like oh. he's too manipulating that it's turning men to like oh. control women and stuff like that. God, <laughs> I can't. I got to watch that movie. There was a movie about Roger Ailes somebody wanted me to watch. Doc, uh, the documentary. I got to watch that too yeah. so I can tell you all if it's true based on what I saw, what I experienced. All right. Two more topics for today. I look at this. We talk about the decline. We talk about all these guys that are going overseas to get their girlfriends. And, you know, they tire these modern women, these American women, right? There's a bigger issue at play here. 
a recent survey, this is number six, Deli, looked at trends in American values. Scary stuff. So the results are shocking. And what's really interesting about this is that you look 1998 to 2019, and then what you really want to look at is 2019 to 2023, which is since the, you know, the pandemic. Percentage who say these values are very important to them. Look at this. Patriotism. Look at the decline. Religion decline. And you can see that there was more of a steady decline up until 2019. And then 2019 hits, patriotism is like in the toilet. 2019 hits, religion, south. Having children, look at this. Decline, decline, decline. Boom, down. Everybody's, you know, self-absorbed, selfish, non-committal, horrible. Community involvement, look, was on the rise. Everything else you can at least, you can look and say, all right, it was declining. Community involvement was on the rise. Then, of course, the, the pandemic hits and down. People are feeling less like they need to be part of stuff. You know, some, some people were loners before. Other people were more community driven. And now they're like, no way. Then you look at money and how important it is to them. Money is on the rise. But even that is not a big rise. In fact, I showed my husband this and he said, yeah, that's so small. That might just be inflation. <laughs> it's so small. Why is this important, though? Well, <laughs> Patriotism and religion and community involvement and having children are what grounds a society. That's what grounds people so that you don't have things like mass shootings and so that you don't have things like, you know, massive depression and anxiety and a pharma dependent society and a sick society and a mentally ill society, a physically and mentally struggling society are grounded that that their people are grounded by these things that prevent all that chaos and turmoil. Patriotism love of country that's a beautiful thing it used to be and i understand believe me i understand that people are now more critical of this of what this country really stands for that's not what i'm talking about i'm not talking about people who sit back and say well is it really the land of the free no it's not but i'm talking about people who don't even want to be patriotic like i would love to be patriotic i would love to believe this is still the land of the free i want to get there i want to get this country back that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about people who are like, patriotism's bad. To hell with this country. I don't want to be part of it. Because patriotism also means there's a community involved in that. You know, you all pledge allegiance together. There's a, a sense of community. Religion, no good happens when a society becomes more and more godless. Horrible things happen when people aren't grounded and believing that there's something bigger than themselves. You have amoral stuff that happens. You have crime. You have maliciousness. You have treating people badly. You have no humility. So you have people that are incredibly vain and have an inflated sense of power. That's how authoritarians come to rule. Having kids? I don't know anybody, honestly. I don't know anybody that is single and over the age of 60 doesn't have a family who's happy. So when you look at, we're miserable as a society. I'm not saying you and I'm not saying me, but generally speaking, increasingly miserable because we're rejecting all the stuff that brings pure happiness. All the things that once made us happy, we're, we're just declining. We don't want to be part of. And in turn, we're turning to what? Fickleness, social media. Social media is a path to happiness. No, you sit on Twitter all day, you're miserable. More indoor time, less outdoor time, miserable. More fleeting, like texting conversations versus real in-person conversations, miserable. It's not good. You know, it's really, really not good. And there's also this self-absorption that's happening, right? Everyone's like so focused on themselves. Used to be that you were focused on other people, your friends, your family. You, you, you looked out. Now it's like you're so... It's first world problems. Horrible. That's why we're so unhappy. It's got to change. So this is, these are signs of a sinking society. I mean, we are, America is sinking. It's a sinking ship. Change it or go down with the ship. Honestly. On that note, politics. I want to close with this. This is interesting to me. People have been asking me about politics, so I have to weigh in here about Joe Biden. There was an ABC poll that people were tweeting about Okay, so first of all, take polls with a grain of salt. They're wrong a lot of the time. They don't capture. A lot of times people lie when they're asked questions. Um, they just do. And oftentimes you'll see someone polling really well, and then all of a sudden the election happens. And you're like, wait a minute. The polls said the opposite. You're like, what happened? Well, yeah, because the polling is not always accurate. With that being said, I do think there are interesting components here. 
So Joe Biden is polling horribly. His overall, this is from the Washington Post, which, you know, is what it is. Horrible, horrible. His overall approval rating has slipped to a new low. And it talks about Trump and it talks about DeSantis as well. I want to go to the graphs. So the first graph you see, look at this, check this out. Most Democrats and Democrat-leaning independents want the party to nominate someone other than Biden. So that's important. They, they don't want Biden in there. Democrat-leaning adults, 58% want somebody other than Biden. Democrats, 47, it's split, 47 and 47 in terms of wanting Biden. Independents who lean Democrat, that's the important voting block. Those are people who are independent but who would be inclined to vote for the Democrat. Look at them. Look at them. 77% want somebody other than Joe Biden. Why? Because he can't string two sentences together. That's why. He's 150. He looks 190 and he can't speak. He's lost in space. The guy has cognitive decline and they somehow expect him to run again. I'm still not convinced that they're not going to roll somebody out in here. I know he said he's running again. Yeah, you know what? I'll believe it when Gavin Newsom is not so so present. I still th- I still don't think they can run this guy. I really don't. I think they got to do something at the last minute, something health-related. And by the way, let's hold this clip and remember where it is so we can pull it when I'm right. Something's going to happen here that's got to shift this. I don't think they can run him. They can't put him in debates. You think they're going to put this guy against RFK? RFK will mop the floor <laughs> with him. They can't have him debate anybody. They can't have He would have to, I mean, listen, unless, you know, they're working hard, you know, to, the new pandemic's coming and they're working hard to bring something out. There's going to be no debates and you're not going to be, maybe you're going to be locked in your house for another two years if you live in New York City. That's possible. I wouldn't put it past any of them. In fact, didn't the World Health Organization stop declaring it a state of emergency? It's not a state of emergency anymore. Yeah, why? Because they need a little space. They need you to like not have an emergency they can't declare an emergency on top of an emergency they need a little space before they declare the next one something's coming around i'm telling you they'll try that if they're going to keep biden in they're going to have to try that there's going to have to be some emergency that takes them off the debate stage end of story otherwise they got to get somebody else in it's going to be gavin newsom mark my words you heard it here biden's approval rating is 36 percent. people hate him they don't hate him they think he's terrible he's a terrible president they know it and they got to get him out His disapproval stands at 56%, including 47% who disapprove strongly. RFK, man, this guy's taking a ton from him. He's taking a ton from Biden. Now, then you get to Trump and you get to DeSantis. This is interesting, too. More people say Trump did a better job handling the economy than Biden has so far. So 54% say Donald Trump, when he was president, handled the economy better than Joe Biden during his presidency. I think that's important because, you know, most people vote based on economic issues, right? Still, still you got to be able to pay your bills or you can't be worrying about, you know, trans this and trans that. That becomes first world problems when you can't put food on the table. They also, more Americans say Trump is in good physical health, mentally sharp. More say Biden is honest and trustworthy. But what's interesting about that, I looked in the fine print, most people don't find either of them honest or trustworthy. So 33% say Trump is honest and trustworthy. For only 41% say Biden is honest and trustworthy. So that's, that's what's important. It's not like they find Biden trustworthy and they find Trump untrustworthy. They don't find, they don't trust either of them. So the question becomes, if you're a person at home and you don't trust either politician, which by the way, I understand because I don't trust either of them either. But if you don't trust them, you got to vote on something. Where do you vote? You vote on your pocketbook. And on that issue, Trump rises to the top. Now we're in Florida here. DeSantis, disaster. Sorry, Disaster. DeSantis, look at the Trump, look at the Biden, Trump versus Biden. Okay, Trump versus Biden has 36% would definitely vote Republican. DeSantis versus Biden, 32% would definitely vote Republican. If DeSantis were the Republican nominee, 42% say they would vote for the Florida governor. DeSantis is doing horrible in the polls, guys. I don't know how to break it to you. Listen, this is something you have to be able to swallow and you have to be able to understand about this. Does Trump have baggage? He does. In fact, most Americans in this poll said that he deserves to face criminal charges, so he's still going to have to deal with that. Trump has a lot of issues. Here are the issues that Trump has. First of all, he doesn't know how to get out of his own way. When it's time to stop talking, stop tweeting, just get out of your own way, say it privately in a room, don't put it out there because you're going to lose voters and it's not to your benefit. He doesn't know how to do that. He has a problem with the vaccine. He has a problem talking about the vaccine. He feels like it was part of his legacy. He's still saying, you know, the safe and effective stuff. He's still rolling out talking points that the base is just not going to show up to vote for him. What he needs to do is he needs to come out and say, I was wrong. I should have fired Fauci when I had the chance. I should have fired a lot of these people when I had the chance. I don't trust what happened. And I don't think that this thing, this whatever they rolled out was safe and effective in, in the way that they described. 
That's what he would need to say. I'm not telling you what is and what isn't. I'm saying if he said that, if he said that, he shoots up. Because people don't, people don't trust what's going on. They don't trust the pharmaceutical industry. You can't ally yourself with the pharmaceutical industry right now. That's the worst position to take on earth. So he has those two big problems. He also surrounds himself all the time with these like Jeb Bush appointees. And he like all these people that are not in touch with, why are you hiring these people? They don't know Jack, you know what about anything. Horrible hires over and over again. But here's the thing. Let me say this. DeSantis does not translate well to the national stage. I've watched him a bunch of times. He's a good governor. He's done good things in Florida. I like a lot of his record. There's some free speech stuff that just came out last week that I'm digging into. I don't like. Um, we'll talk about that at some point probably. But I have to – I just don't – what I'm seeing, just, just a couple things aren't adding up. Before I cover it on the show, I want to make sure they're adding up. But he doesn't translate well to the national stage. He, he doesn't have like – there's something missing there in terms of likability, in terms of like broad appeal. People don't want to hang out with Ron DeSantis. Like they don't feel – a sense of like, oh, this guy, you know, he gets me, right? Like he doesn't have that populist vibe like he needs to have. He's not going to roll into a town and stop at a pizza joint and have a pizza like Trump will with everybody and make people feel like he gets them. There's a, there's a politician vibe there. I want There's like a film of political something on there that's going to be hard for him. And by the way, I'm not telling you this because it would prevent me from voting for him. That's not the case. I'm telling you this because it will prevent people from voting for him, and that is the case. There's a lot of people that just won't be inspired. That's why his numbers look the way they do. And by the way, if you stick him on a debate stage with Donald Trump, Donald Trump's going to walk all over him. He's got a huge personality. DeSantis is going to look this small, real, real small. Um, and not every governor can do the national stage. I mean, you've seen governors. It's crazy. Even you see some senators, by the way, big powerhouse senators like a Rand Paul. You know, you saw Marco Rubio, and you're like, yeah, this is the candidate. They get on the debate stage, and you're like, are they there? Where is he? Oh, is that him? Or they, they come off unlikable. Rand Paul has this tendency to just not be likable on a debate stage. You forget it. It's over. It's over. So we got to be realistic about this stuff, you know? So what do I think is going to happen? Listen, I think Joe Biden can absolutely win re-election. I do. He could walk out there and go, and he could still win. Somebody will still say, well, but he's well-intended. You know why? Because they know he's not making any decisions anyway. It's the people behind him and liberals trust that he will put liberals in place to usher in liberal policies, even if he's brain dead out front and center. They don't care. So he could win. And from what I'm seeing from Trump, Trump has major weaknesses. He's also got the January 6th stuff, which listen, people get it etched in their brains that something was what media told them it was. And it doesn't matter what you say. It's already been the damage is done. The baggage is there. It's like we talk about women with baggage. You know, the baggage, sometimes you just can't throw it off your back. It's there, right? People can't unsee what they've seen, unfeel what they felt, and they feel like, oh, he's been through it. I'm done. Next, can we have somebody new? This, But you know what I always think, too? Like, there's nobody else. There's no other option. Why is it always like we got, like, two guys, right? There's nobody else around the whole country that could shake this up. I mean, kudos to RFK, but, man, you know why? Nobody wants it. It's a thankless job. Horrible. Would you want to run for president? I wouldn't run for president for all the money in the world. No way. I would just, I know. I'm trying to keep my sanity, not lose it. All right, we're going to go to the chat and then we're going to wrap up. Let's see. Uh, Robert Joe said, who came back and said, no, I definitely don't have TikTok. Saw it somewhere else. Whatever talked about it last night. Okay, cool. Omega Rosatsu, two bucks. You might want to listen again, but slowly. Oh, really? I have to listen again. <laughs> we titled it after that. So hopefully I didn't get it wrong. What is this? Uh, Deli's got something going on here. Oh, no, that's me. Is that Rit? Riff Lemon. What are you referring to him using? Why are you referring to him using female pronouns? I guess I just don't. Like, I, I'm exhausted, you know? <laughs> Honestly, to <laughs> be honest much. with you, I'll tell you why, too. Because when I first started watching the show, that he, she, whatever, I don't know what you want to call it. This person doesn't refer to themselves as trans to, like, like a ways in. In fact, there's a reaction from Brian. They're all like, wait, you're trans? Now, I don't know if they knew or not, but I didn't know either. So I, in my mind, had it as this is an obese woman on the show. I even said it on here. Oh, that big girl on the show. I thought it was a woman. I really did. It looked, it did look like a masculine woman, but I didn't think, I didn't know. So it's kind of got stuck in my head that way. And then when I found out, I was like, oh, really? So I'm still stuck. I, I don't know. I see it as a girl, to be perfectly honest, because I heard it for the longest time that way and then I was like oh shock value what is this 
Do you want to hook up with this girl? What? What is it? It was a girl with the pink shirt that said ninety eight percent of men will hook up with her. Oh yeah. Who's the seven percent that said yes? <laughs> All right, listen. We put up a poll about you know the large male, the trans woman, whatever. I don't know what you want to call her. It. I don't. I don't. I don't know anymore. And uh, do you want to hook up with this girl? Yes, 7%. No, 93 All I need to know is who's the seven. <laughs> Identify yourselves by name and preferably with an address so I can mail something to you, which may involve some sort of psychological help. Just saying. <laughs> I can't. All right. Let me. Uh... Okay. We're good for today? Yep. Yeah. I'm, I'm positioned in such a way here that I can't see the clock. Wait, hold on. I'll show you what I'm going to do right now. Oh. There we go. Ah. <laughs> Smooth. All right. Also, I want you to tell me in the comments, do you like the politics? Do you not like the politics? What do you want to see more of? What do you want to see less of? I need you to do it in the comments, though, not the chat. It gets confusing to follow through sometimes. In the comments, tell me what you want to see. And if you want to see a guest on the show, please let me know who that is. I'd be curious to see who you'd want me to talk to. Thank you so much. And I will see you back here on Wednesday. Have a great day.